Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Hi, Adam. Sound like, hi, Ben. You sound like the, is it the narwhal from Elf? Hey, buddy. Oh, I was thinking more like Eeyore. You know, going back to Winnie the Pooh. Hi, Adam. Don't want to be a bother. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't this, like, this whole start to the year kind of feels like a, it's just not churning the right way yet. We've got a market that's like starting to be a little wonky. We lost yeah. some legends and yeah. Betty White and Bob Sackett and Meatloaf. Yeah. That's just yeah. Just well, <laughs> yeah. None of those were positive things that you rattled off so far. And I think I saw the, the, I don't know if it was an article or just the headline. I think it was Monday, the 20, yeah. Monday, the 24th. I think of January is the saddest day of the year. Oh, so yeah. I guess good news is we're on the other side of that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so, an optimist. Love it. And I think that's the theme of the podcast today, ironically yeah. enough. If if we're gonna if we're now gonna go through some market volatility, let's actually flip the mindset here for our listeners into how can we be opportunistic if we are gonna be presented with a market that is flat to down. Yeah, and I I certainly will share. I am guilty of this, and I, I certainly can see clients falling into this trap too, right? It's it's the recency bias. Twenty twenty one as a calendar year for for the S and P five hundred was not a very volatile year. I don't. I think I think we just barely touched a five percent pullback, and I don't well, even yep. know if it. Yeah, I don't even know if it ended the day down that five percent, or that was just intraday, you know, movement. So historically as a, in the measure of volatility, 2021 was a pretty uh, calm year in the markets. By the way, it was also up 20, the S&P was up almost 27, 28% for the year. And as a, as a point of comparison, after the first quarter of 2020, right? COVID hits, market drops. Oh yeah. From, from April 1st to election day, we had 10, 5% corrections. Yeah. So through the recovery <laughs> that that felt so great, we had ten times more volatility than we had last year. So recency yeah. bias, indeed. Um, we just didn't have any last year. So this starts of the year, a little pullback, little. I mean, as of today, we're talking six, seven percent year to date. Yeah. Um, that is not abnormal. It just right. feels abnormal because we didn't have any last year. Yeah, and I think uh, we certainly see a lot of the headlines and you know the the prognosticators are, you know, throwing out predictions of, of what they think is going to happen. Um, and we, I, I often like to joke, I, I, I forget where it, where it came up, but there was, there's these, again, quote unquote, financial experts that are making these predictions. And, and the joke is, you know, the, this economist has predicted 19 of the last two recessions. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, it's, it's more entertainment at times than it is actual kind of science. And I, it, it again, kind of feels like that. It's very easy to, to make those predictions if you're not ever held to any standard. The, another side of, I think what we hear from people is, well, we're, we're due 
we're due for a correction. We're due for a pullback. Um, and where, you know, the, the statistics and the historical averages are averages over time for a reason time by itself, right? We're not, we're yeah. not, that, yeah, that's not necessarily a thing the, the market doesn't care how long it's been going up or how long it's been going down. That's, that's not necessarily a, a variable or a factor that comes into play. So a lot of it is just circumstantial. And again, here, here we are to start the year off of what was a, a historically great year last year without a whole lot of volatility. And now here we're starting this year with a lot of the opposite. And I often like to say, right, that, that pendulum, when it comes to the stock market, that pendulum swings both ways, and it often is overreacting to both sides. So maybe last year was a little rosier than it should have been, and maybe the start to this year is probably more negative than it should be. And at the end of end of the day, it will, we think, it should work itself out, and it, it we still have a positive outlook for this year. Yeah, but I think it's it's going to take a little bit more uh, discipline to not change your strategy if it's not broken in the first yes. place. Yeah, and I love. I love what you said there about just keeping perspective. That's what I took of what you said, because if you do <laughs> think about where we started 2021 to where we are today, yeah. the S&P still, still up close to 20%, 18, 19, yeah. 20%, yeah. which if it stays that way, that's still much greater annualized rate of return <laughs> than right. we, we often would project in a financial plan. So right, right. Um, again, I don't want to lose perspective on how far we've come. Um, yeah, but let's let's flip right into then. So, yeah. So let let's say we keep that perspective and we're okay with that perspective, but it, it does look like this turns out to be a down year. How yeah. can we be opportunistic about that? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yeah. How how do we turn some some of these lemons into lemonade? I think first and foremost, the one one of the things that we often see, and it's especially true after the last few years of stock market returns are within a non-retirement accounts, right? So we're not talking 401ks or IRAs or, or things like that, but a non-retirement investment account where you pay taxes on what you've gained. Yeah. There's an opportunity that up to this point, if you've been invested for the last few years, you probably have some pretty out, some, some large sized gains that you've not necessarily paid taxes on yet until you go to sell it. And the fact that the market is maybe pulling back, you may you may still have a gain. It just may not be as large. So it may be an opportunity if you're if you're holding a fund or an ETF or a stock that you're maybe not necessarily in love with anymore, but you've held it because of the potential tax impacts. It may be yeah. an opportunity to pivot without too big of a tax impact and move yeah. into something that you like now better moving forward. It just gives you that that flexibility and opportunity to make that decision. Yeah, and it may be dependent on when you started something or yeah. you know, when that initial investment was. But yeah, oftentimes by the end of the year, we are trying to comb through client accounts <laughs> and see if there are losses, right? If we are truly diversified and not everything goes up or down in the same way, they don't, right? Some things have inverse relationships. It's, it's our job. It's prudent of us every year to see if there's a loss or two that we can take to help maybe offset some taxes of, of gains, right? That's just yeah. being tax efficient. So yeah, if we're going to have a down year, let's be opportunistic about maybe offsetting some prior gains or uh, taking some losses on a tax return. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I was making a face on, on my side because I, I know we, we <laughs> just kind of talked about this and then I completely went out of order. So I'll throw it back to you. 
the biggest, lowest hanging fruit when it comes to the market dipping is if you are sitting on cash and have oh, yeah. not necessarily bought something, now may be an okay time. If again, as long as we feel the fundamentals are still in an okay spot, then maybe it's a decent time to put some cash to work when you get a little bit of what we could consider a potential sale. Yeah. And this is where the human side of investing sometimes takes over what we're suggesting here, right? That people would, they're still 2.5 times more focused on the pain of losses than they are about the feel good of potential gains. So yeah, it's that old adage that it does make sense, right? To think like a consumer, if I really like to buy this product and all of a sudden it's 10% on sale, I want to buy it even more, right? You don't want to right. pay more for something that you want. We don't innately think that way with investments, but we probably should, right? If the market's yeah. down and you've got cash to invest, I realize the angst of that may be, why, why am I going to try to catch a falling sword? Why am I putting money <laughs> into a falling market? Yeah, But yeah. you really do have to flip your psychology a little bit and go, this stuff's on sale. I'm a long-term investor. So buying it a little bit cheaper is going to benefit me in the long run. So yeah, low-hanging fruit. If you've got cash that you know you want to invest and the market's down, it's probably a good time to do it. Don't try yep. to time the bottom. Get it, get it to work. Yeah. And I think the, the key of what you said there is, is looking through the lens of being a long-term investor, right? Not, yes. not having to necessarily maximize, and you said it, right? Pick the bottom, try to squeeze every last little ounce out of this orange. It, it can be the market's down, the S&P's down, you know, six, 7% right now. That could certainly go to 10, that could go to 12, that could go even deeper, we don't know. But making that decision down 7%, you don't know if it's gonna go to 15. So it's an okay kind of thought process, knowing that where we were to where we are, you're still getting it less than what you could two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So uh, I'll, I'll stay there for a minute. In, in thinking about recency bias, right? Which is just what you said when we were thinking about this volatility, you know, mm -hmm. your, your mind just focuses on the thing that is easiest for it to remember, right? Most recent. But if we look since 2018, the fourth quarter of 2018, we've had two market corrections. Yeah. Not corrections, uh, bear markets. Bear markets, go yeah. 10% correction, Bear market 20%. We got very yeah. close to 20% in the fourth quarter of uh, 2018, had a very mm -hmm. strong year 2019. We know COVID hit straight down. My point is, if you've been a long-term investor, you have very recently, within the last essentially three and a half years, experienced two of these major market jolts. And you not only survived it, but you're better because of it. You know, yeah. even, even off 6% today from the beginning of the year, that's like 6% from the all-time high. Right. Um, right. And didn't, didn't you tell me there was a stat at the end of the year, the market hit like 70 all-time highs last year, <laughs> yeah, something yes. like that. Yes. So like, just recognize when you think about the psychology of putting money to work and you think about it being in a down market, remember that you just went through this not too long ago. And had you been able to put money to work, not knowing when the market was going to go up, yeah. you now have the evidence that it always does. Yeah. Uh, so be a long-term investor, put cash to work if you have it. That's one very easy way to be opportunistic this year. Yes. Yeah. So in a, in a similar vein, it is for any, anybody who was potentially thinking about converting to a Roth IRA, 
right? Thinking of mm. a reti retirement account, 401k, IRA, something like that, um, that you could convert to a Roth. So I guess let's take a step back. I, I don't know, if, have we done a podcast specifically on Roth conversions? I know we've talked about it in different formats. I'm trying to think if um, I can just say, well, hey, go listen to podcast blank. <laughs> may, maybe maybe not. Devin would fact, <laughs> so, would fact check us on that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so just to quick lay the groundwork, right? By converting to a Roth IRA, you're paying the taxes today out of your retirement account, your pre-tax retirement account. You're paying the taxes today so that theoretically once it's in the Roth IRA, you will no longer pay any taxes on that or the growth ever again into the future when you yeah. take withdrawals. So it's paying- For your heirs. Oh, yes, great point. You, you often like to use the, the kind of the analogy of it's paying the taxes on the seed and not the harvest. Well, you right? know me, good Pennsylvania Dutch kid. <laughs> so the idea there, again, being if the market is, uh, again, I'll, I'll use numbers, but if you had, if you were looking to convert $50,000 of your IRA to a Roth IRA, and now that 50,000 of value turned into 40,000, in value because the market is down, you can convert at that lower dollar amount. And then that's where kind of the taxes get based off yeah. of the actual conversion. And now in that scenario, now you're starting with 40,000 in your Roth IRA. At some point we know historically the market is going to rebound. So that 40,000 grows back to the 50,000 and beyond. All of that now moving forward, again, falls into that tax-free component within the Roth IRA. So it's a, it's a great way to lessen some of that tax bite if a Roth conversion yeah. fits fits into your plan. Perfectly said. I don't need to say anything more than that on that topic. Love it. <laughs> um, so what if you don't have a non-retirement account? Uh, what if you don't have a Roth IRA? And what if you don't have cash to invest? There's still, <laughs> there still may be opportunity for you. Um, it's just always something that we will talk about at major points of inflection, is this a time to potentially rebalance a portfolio? So this was the sure. last thing I wanted to kind of talk about. And that's yeah. just the, the old idea that if those stocks will say, you know, in the, when we say the market, we're usually talking about this S&P 500. If that yep. value is down, then maybe the, the percentage of your portfolio that was stocks now feels like less. Um, so maybe it's not cash going in, but you right. rebalancing back to the target amount would mean maybe buying some more stocks within your portfolio and mm -hmm. getting rid of something that is a little more conservative. So, you know, usually if the market moves far enough and our models move far enough, yeah. um, that's all, that's always going to be a consideration for us. Yeah. And I, I, I liken that to being opportunistic, right? Cause that is yeah. a way of you putting more money back into stocks at hopefully a lower price. Yeah, the, the, I think the, the key component there is to know what your original target was and then yeah, being sure. able to compare that to now, how, how did the market's movements actually impact my allocation? Because it is interesting to see sometimes when we do that analysis, knowing that stocks were up you know 20 some percent last year and bonds were actually negative a little bit or at least flat, to see that sometimes... Again, not, not all returns are created equal. So even though the S&P 500 was up 27%, not every stock or, or type of stock, small, large, in between, moves at the same uh, clip. So even though the headlines 
and the indexes may move doesn't necessarily mean that your funds are moving in that same ratio. So again, you just want to be able to compare your baseline to where it's at now and then make that decision on, yeah, is, is now an opportunistic time to maybe shift from some bonds to stocks um, and maybe vice versa, depending, depending on your approach to risk. So I think these are all good things to keep in mind this year, not knowing where the market's going to go. Um, right. But, but I hope the takeaway here is that even when you do have these negative years, there still are things you can do to try to better yourself in that environment. Um, and that's where the word opportunistic needs to come in. Think, think of it as a positive if you are able to take some of these steps. Yeah. And I guess it's all of those things are with the long game in mind, right? These are not, these are not get rich quick. These are not short-term schemes, right? They truly are keeping the main thing, the main thing over time. And those little incremental shifts that you can do in a time of opportunity, potentially, right? Negative volatility and turning that into an opportunity can pay dividends over a longer, longer period of time. Yes. And let's all hope that 2022 is not 2022. T-O-O. Yeah. See what I did there? Hey, did you also know that um, February 22nd of 2022 is a Tuesday? Oh. So we can literally call it Tuesday. I, I only know that because somebody, and one of my kids, I think, pointed that out. Two, <laughs> two, 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 and it's on a Tuesday. I can't wait. I love we'll get shirts. Stuff. We'll get shirts. <laughs> All right. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you for your optimism today, Adam, for thinking opportunistically with me. The, the way you said that makes me sound like I'm not optimistic any other time. <laughs> I didn't but say I that. Those, those I, are not appreciate, my I appreciate your appreciation and it is returned. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Until next time. Bye. See ya. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.